My name is Georgiana, I am CEO and founder of BeagleCat and soon you will be listening to Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. In this podcast, I regularly talk to employer branding managers, talent acquisition managers and human resources managers in tech companies in Germany, Romania and the US. For more content on employer branding related themes, go to employerbranding.tech or beaglecat.com. Stay tuned! Hello, everyone. This is a new episode of Employer Branding the Inside podcast. Georgiana Gichuk here, your host for quite a while, for about two years. And I am happy to be presenting a super special guest today. His name is Alex Herr. He's from the States again. In my opinion, one of the people who has a lot to say when it comes to employer branding. Alex does so, so many things at GoDaddy, but not only. He works with the Talent Brand Alliance. Um, he is a global speaker. He's a storyteller. He talks, he just covers many, many things when it comes to employer branding and talent acquisition. And I would like to let him introduce himself. Alex, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, Georgiana, thanks for having me. Um, as you mentioned, Alex Herr, uh, based here in the States in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm, I'm a world traveler, though, but uh, I uh, mm-hmm. love all things employer branding. Uh, I've had the, uh, you know, the great fortune of being in this space for about uh, six years, uh, working across multiple brands. Uh, right now, so, GoDaddy, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I'm a, uh, a board member on the Talent Brand Alliance, uh, but I'm leaving that position here at the end of the month. So if there's anybody who mm. listens to this, you know, there's an opportunity to uh, change us there, <laughs> opportunity to join that uh fine group of individuals, uh, but I, I do also assist with the employer brand wagon. Um, it is mm-hmm. uh, one, one of the you know founding leaders there who helps out with, you know, just um, any sort of efforts that they need from me or writing or videos mm-hmm. with uh, with my partner in crime over there, L Green. And um, just enjoy, you know, being in the space and helping those who may be either struggling with the problems to get in or, you know, those who are brand new uh, to educate them exactly. uh, try to grow the space exactly exactly or i don't know some or even those of us like like me who are sort of at the intersection between recruitment marketing marketing digital marketing and employer branding and who have a lot to learn from people such such as you um, i spoke to to james ellis from the state nice. states i spoke to <laughs> to some other very very nice people who put a lot of educational content out there but I'd like, I'd like for us to start our um, discussion by, by focusing a little bit on your role with the Talent Brand Alliance. Mm-hmm. And more specifically, I'm, I'm wondering whether in your role you've encountered people or companies that were struggling about the same issues, that people who were telling you, you know, we're not getting enough budget, people don't really allow us to be a standalone function, people don't give us enough importance. What has been your experience so far and what do your colleagues mostly complain about when it comes to employer branding? Yeah, I mean, basically, you can add all that to the list and uh, a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the uh, one of the best things about uh, the Talent Brand Alliance is that you have individuals where, you know, it's a, it's a safe spot without, you know, giving specific situations away because it should be a safe spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's talking through those, uh, you know, different hurdles that everyone has, right? Because while we may have a fully functional team that is supported at GoDaddy, 
that's not the case, right? Um, I myself have been right. in you know, situations at other companies where, okay, hey, listen, you're doing the work, but is it, are you getting the visibility that you want or that you should be getting? Um, I think it's come mm -hmm. a long way uh, in the last mm -hmm. six years, but there are still people to this day where, okay, hey, they're, they're doing a lot of uh, scrappy work where they don't have a budget. Like they have to prove it's, hey, we want you to come in and do this, but you know what? No budget, you're gonna do it on your own. You have no team. And you know, they, TBA gives them uh, the ability to go there and you know, uh, just ideate with individuals, uh, people who've done it for a long time like myself or people mm -hmm. who've gone through like, you know, some of the different, uh, different problems. I mean, you know, we, we have uh, mentors, mentees and just people who overall just, just want to assist. Um, but um, yeah, um, and then if you want to get to, I mean, uh, there's there's other situations, right? We we probably we don't have enough uh, time in the hours in the day to, to cover through all those things. It's um, it's really funny in a way for me and sad at the same time because I'm always thinking that things are much much better and much more developed in the states than they are in Europe. But I think I think we have problems at the same time, probably probably sometimes of different magnitudes, but. We both oh, do yeah. on, on both continents. So. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's not based on, I would say, uh, you know, I had a good conversation with a couple of practitioners uh, recently, and I think the, because, you know, the employer brand started out in, in Europe. So it was coined back in the 1990s by Simon Barrow. Mm -hmm. However, uh, from there, you know, it's, it's much more mature, but then, you know, we, I guess Americans are probably like more, uh, risk adverse, you know, we're going to go out there and try some crazy things, but just because mm -hmm. we do that doesn't mean like we have all the budget. There's still, you'd be surprised there. Um, cause I think everyone thinks, okay, you, you've got to be a startup or like a very, very small company just above that, where you don't have your employer branding down. There are very high end companies who do not have that down, either don't care about it or have a team and don't care about giving them a budget. Ha don't even have that built out. So it, um, it definitely, definitely varies company to company, you know, city to city, country to country. Mm -hmm. it, it's, mm -hmm. it all varies. Probably in the end, I don't know, leadership to leadership <laughs> when you say company to company, but yeah, maybe we touch on, oh, on that leadership one. Too. Yes, leadership <laughs> yeah. too. I think that's, that's key, right? Leadership is key yeah. because they have to give you the ability to uh, because, you know, like one of the things we talk about in the employer branding space is where you, you know, like we talk about EVPs and your taglines, really activating that uh, and getting, mm -hmm. you know, getting the message out there to recruit the people that you want. And, you know, that's what we need too for us to be. We have to have the ability to be creative, to be able to fail fast, uh, because if you can, you're always like, OK, this one idea has to land. I mean, you can't really do, you know, you and, you know, in your mind, you'd like that for that to happen, but you have to mess up to learn from those mistakes. And then you can go out there and, you know, try these different things. And if you're not given the, you know, the ability to do that by leadership, it's, it's tough if you're not supported. Exactly, exactly. Well, you have so much experience when it comes to employer branding, but you also started out just like everyone else, right? At some point. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, looking back, what would you say is the biggest mistake you made when you were just starting off? Hmm. Um, wow. <laughs> Let's look at the list of things. And I would say uh, biggest mistake is assuming that, um, you know, if you're told by said leader, said company that 
you can you know go in there and deliver on an EVP, that it can happen, and that uh, I think what we we're naive as employer brand practitioners because we assume we can make magic happen, right? Uh, we yeah. can go in there to the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we have to be right. We have to be. Uh, yes. We're idealists. We would like to have control, and we have to be that crazy to think it's going to happen. So um, I was that crazy to think it was going to happen, and um, you know I felt I can go in, I could run everything from scratch, um, and and make things happen. You know, take take some a company that you know had a bad culture, take the good and the bad, deliver something. And it wasn't that. I mean, you know, what what I found out right away was, you know, you you can take if they ha if there's good values, a good foundation, people, you know, uh, you have a strong culture to work with. You can then take that over and infuse that into the employer brand, you know, your EVP and uh, ultimately your employer brand. But uh, that was not the case. Um, I fell flat on my face, and um, it's something that I that I have learned, and that's. Uh, uh, that is something that goes into, you know, the team concept that I, I created earlier this year. But uh, I don't want to dive too much into that concept. But, uh, you know, that, that was my biggest mistake so far. But do you also have a project that you're super proud of at the same time? There must be at least one. Oh, yeah, if not definitely. Um, I'm very big on, you know, one of the aspects of employer branding that I'm very big on is uh, employee advocacy and mm -hmm. had the opportunity well, to yeah. to create totally. a program from scratch uh, you know, mm -hmm. as a team of one back in Informatica. Uh, so I was working with a, you know, across 27 countries, like 5,000 employees. And mm -hmm. it was me working to harness, you know, just harness these relationships with stakeholders from across every every country, like every department and get them to join a uh, talent attraction. Pro so we called it like the talent attraction program. And my sell to them was, okay, let's start first. I know the recruiters and the sources will join, but let's get them in there first. And then, you know, it's a, it's a two for one sell. One, they are gonna develop their personal brand because I'll be giving right. them content that will be uh, from the company itself, uh, employer branding based uh, content. And then industry-based content where they can stand out as, you know, like a source or a recruiter who knows what they're talking about. And then we extended that over to including individuals from the sales organization, the engineering org, uh, the marketing org. And from there, we went from like 20 people up to 500 plus. And then we had mm. built that out to the point where, wow. uh, yeah, so we, it grew, grew tremendously. And then, um, so we, we had the benefit of having a data scientist at the time. So what we did is to get tracking down to, it was the best tracking I've had so far in my career. Uh, my data scientist was able to take our data from there, from the advocacy program. So we're using GaggleAmp at the time and then drop it in the Tableau and then show, hey, out of all these different users who are on the platform, who's using it, from what country, how many times are they sharing and what content are they sharing? Like it was way, mm -hmm. way more in depth than any of the platforms would give you, but uh, that's that's gonna be about you know the the project I'm most proud of because you know I had gone from a team when I was at Cox Enterprises to my you know working on my own it was making really things work you know having to be the ultimate teammate to make things happen and to bring that you know that many individuals together while it wasn't the entire company I don't think your program ever you know it'd be ideal to get there I don't think it ever happens like that but getting yeah. 500 plus individuals having to be excited about the program 
And then also the de details I forgot uh, to mention is that uh, rewarding them too, like for the most shares, the most engagement, you know, first and second place. And people were out there, okay, hey, you know what? I love this company. I'm gonna make a Twitter account. I don't know what Twitter is. I'm gonna make it though. I'm gonna be more mm -hmm. active on LinkedIn. And they're still using that to this day. So I think um, they think my job there was done. You know, although I'm not there anymore, it was uh, was amazing. It it does sound really really impressive, and it's there's a lot of input here that I can put in practice, and I'm sure our listeners can too. And you were mentioning at some point how you were working on your own. You have been working previously on your own. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm then wondering, is it possible to do employer branding when you're bootstrapped? as a company when there's no team, there's, it's, it's just you and probably the TA and then the CEO and everyone's just doing this ping pong back and forth is, I don't know, maybe employee advocacy programs. Are they possible in a small company on a shoestring budget? What, what do you think? I think they are. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I didn't coin this or, you know, write this article, but James Ellis wrote it. I want to say about, about a year ago and it's regardless of where you sit, regardless of how many people you have on your team, if you have a team, you have to go out there and knock down those silos. Uh, you've got mm -hmm. to build those relationships because you could have a yeah. team of five. You know, right now I have a team of four at GoDaddy. If we are not out there working with other people and we just assume, hey, we're going to come up with everything, we're going to be exposed. I can tell you that, you know, wholeheartedly that that, that will happen. If we're just creating videos and people say, okay, hey, yeah, Alex may know stuff, but why is it just him and his three other teammates in all these videos? You know, these TikToks, these blogs, that's not inclusive of anybody. And people can, mm -hmm. you know, people can see that right away. But I think even if you're bootstrapped, I mean, you know, when I was at Informatica, like, I had no budget. I came in and it was day one, hey, work on the career page. So I was working on the career page, working with teammates out of India, and oh, along with that too, um, let, let's get some pictures of people. So I, you know, people have like full, fully functional teams that do creative and everything else. I was a team of one doing all that, but um, you're just, you're, you're taking and you're working with your teammates. That's, I think that comes down to the, uh, the foundation of what we do. Now, you know, you, you could have an agency who can help you out, but still I think the work has to be done that way. And being in a bootstrap situation to me I think teaches you a whole lot more about what we do and how to be better at that because you know that if you know everything falls apart if you eventually lose budget or you have to start from scratch you've done it before you can do it again yeah and you could teach people it. the basics mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why do i get the feeling that we're we're we how should i put it we're witnessing something that's similar to the appearance and the development of content and digital marketing years ago. It's, it's maybe my personal impression because I only started with digital marketing about, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I learned it all from the States, from people just like you who are putting content out there, who are sharing their experience in their companies. And it seems to me like, wow, that, that this was massive. And then slowly I saw it growing, growing and then in the UK and then in Romania where I was from. And then, I don't know, six, seven years ago, I feel like we're all HubSpot infused everywhere, right? So there's yeah. inbound market everywhere. Well, we all know <laughs> what it's about. Exactly. Is, is there a, a parallel to that when it comes to employer branding? Do you think that there is a chance 
this isn't a trend and that employer branding is, is here to stay and it's going to increase in force and importance as the time goes by. What do you think? Yeah, I think just look back at the, um, the last, uh, you know, I would say as long as I've been in space, right? And then uh, because when I got in, like you mentioned, right, their, their digital marketing was, you know, there, it was everywhere. Um, you know, when I took my first role to, to get into EB, it was, I thought it was a digital marketing position. Then you find out, hey, there's actually this thing called employer brand that's part of that. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, back then you would see people who didn't have the right job titles, who would get laid off at the first time when there was, you know, like trouble at a company. And then over the last uh, two and a half years, I think that's where it, it proved that it was no longer just a, a, a nice and cute thing to have, but a must have. And I say that because, you know, what early 2020, when companies knew, hey, we were all going to a, you know, we had a pandemic, a huge lockdown, and they needed to cut their losses. Who did they let go of? They let go of, uh, you know, folks like you and I. And then what happened, though, then you had a lot of the social social injustice issues, um, issues with, OK, how did you you know, like Airbnb? That's probably one of the best examples. They, um, you know, they just they cut people loose and yep. people were upset about that. But then, um, you know, eventually they, they got their brand back on track. But a lot of companies let people go and then they wondered, OK, well, now that we let these people go, we're getting bad press. We don't know how to pivot from where we're at. Who, who, who was helping us before? Well, you fired those people. <laughs> they were right. the first ones to go. And then, you know, going to what? 2021 up until now to 2022, there was such a focus. And then what the, the buzzwords became, all right, diversity and inclusion, which should always be something top of mind, not a buzzword. And then the yeah. other thing that we're going back to employer brand, which is not a buzzword, should not just be okay. Hey, this is a nice, cool thing to have, but it's it's a necessity you need that there and you know i can i can say this half you know i always keep my job alerts on just to see okay how how's the market you know trending yeah before mm -hmm. you you'd probably see like a page maybe of job postings that were like no, you're you know, right. talent branding employer branding mm -hmm. marketing but now easily two to three and then there's companies where like you didn't even know that they, they cared about that but everybody knows that they have to have a presence and not just at the specialist level, companies have done a better job of getting people up to like a manager, senior manager, director, yeah. uh, even mm -hmm. up to a VP level. So I think that validates what we're doing. It's, it's, it's definitely here to stay. Now it's on us to make it a priority. And if we make it a priority, we can help those individuals who are always stuck in that bootstrap situation to have a voice, to have data mm -hmm. and information to work with to justify building out those teams, because I think that's the next step for us is just not being, you know, like siloed into these individual teams or uh, being you know, having one or two individuals and always fighting for budget. It should be where companies know that. And, you know, we're, we're still getting there. Uh, we're not there yet, but uh, we're further along than we were many years ago. Or even or even two years ago, I would oh, say, yes. when I started podcast. Com completely different, a completely different story back then. And now I, I also started applying for jobs. I am going to start a full-time job in, um, in the beginning of October, because now I have like three full-time jobs. So I said, okay, it's time to focus on just one in employer branding. <laughs> so that's what I will be doing. But I was it, at first, it was just out of curiosity. 
just to see how many companies I can find in Germany that I like and that I could see myself working for. And I was pleasantly surprised, I have to say. And I'm still getting the alerts from many, many organizations looking for specialists, for managers, global managers sometimes. Mm. And I'm thinking, I think two years ago, this wasn't the case, if I recall correctly. I also was not actively looking for a job back then, but it's my impression that it's different. And I'm happy. Oh, it's good. It gives it gives um, practitioners options, right? You know, if you're not happy one spot, right. you don't have to. Because before the thing would be, okay, hey, I know I have the foundational skills. And we had a session on this at TBA. It's like, okay, where do you go then? If your job's been eliminated, do you right. do you go back into internal comms? Or do you pivot over to marketing, branding, mm-hmm. uh, straight mm-hmm. up digital marketing? Or do you go back into HR like... It was it was a scary time back then, but now yep. people have a multitude of options. Yes. So yeah, I think I think we've we've come a long way. Um, I have found something really interesting on on your page on your LinkedIn page. It's called the team concept, and I was wondering if we can expand a little bit on that one because I found it extremely interesting. Maybe you care to elaborate on it and to tell us how we as practitioners can leverage it, especially yeah. those of us who are still working independently, for example. Sure. Yeah. Thought, you, thought you'd never ask, but um, I think it's yeah. something that um, yeah, I came up with that can be uh, used by an actual team themselves or an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But so the, the team, I mean, you know, I presented this at Wreckfest and people may say, okay, well, you came up with a team. Anyone can do that. But... It stands for uh, the T for time, uh, E for empathy, uh, the A for advocacy, and M to magnetize, to activate. And mm-hmm. what that means is, you know, when you're, when you're working as either a consultant, and I, I can say it's I've done both, consultant or in-house practitioner, you need time to do that, right? Uh, time to either develop your program, go out there, you know, because you can't develop an EVP in a day, nor, nor a week or two. Although a lot of these companies want you to come in and say, hey, build our brand. You don't build the brand, right? You can, we, we're storytellers who communicate that uh, outwards. However, you need the time to do those, uh, those virtual speaking tours with your teammates, learn about what's, what's good, what's bad, what's ugly, uh, get an understanding of the problems that they've been having. And then, you know, uh, E with empathy, uh, you can't just go in there with the big, bad approach. And I say this, you know, being American because you have a lot of companies out there, their corporate HQs in America, they go to mm-hmm. these smaller countries and then they'll say, hey, you know what? All right, we're taking over, we're doing things our way. It never works that way. You, you have to listen to them and what they've gone through and let them be a part of the action. Um, for me, that was the, uh, the biggest thing that helped me out when I had joined GoDaddy last year because um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love uh, Europe, traveling there. Uh, it, it is a goal to eventually, you know, go abroad one day and, and live there. So uh, I, I could empathize with that, right? But, um, you know, it was, okay, how do I help my team? And so I joined from America and I handled EMEA, you know, working those hours, working with my teammates, helping to yeah. establish our brand over there. And it's, um, you, you can't make it happen if you're, you know, just assuming it's your way or the highway. We may be the... We may know the best practices and the best platforms to be on, but getting that local knowledge, learning what they've gone through will, will help you out and empathizing with them, I think, does that. And then once you've done everything, you have the time, you've spoken to people, you, you've, 
you've gotten the buy and you've listened to them uh, or you're listening to them. Uh, it's the advocacy piece where, okay, how do we work together? You know, now we know where, you know, what the, what the issues are. Um, we know, let's go find these people on LinkedIn. I, w- I won't say Facebook because I don't think a lot of, a lot of teammates yeah. actually connect on uh, Facebook, but I would say like uh, LinkedIn for sure, Instagram and Twitter. And what you'll find TikTok is more and more. I would say. Yeah, yeah, TikTok too. But uh, what you'll find is outside of talking to people, and you know, you can establish pretty quickly who your advocates are. But looking on those platforms, right? People who are naturally sharing your blog, your your jobs, your career page, anything that mm-hmm. has to do with that, those are the people you need to be reaching out to. And then from there, all right, give them some content to work with, like you know, TikTok you just mentioned. There's, you may have a lot of teammates who like, I love TikTok. I know my teammates do. So, all right, how do we get some buy-in? How do we uh, get them to, you know, partake in some videos, some blogs, help us out with some photos, some graphics, and then, hey, why don't you also educate them and empower them? So then you have the advocacy portion going out there. And then once you've developed all this different content, okay, you got to magnetize that, right? You need to activate this out there, which you know, or you can do that organically on the social channels you already have. If you have your employee advocacy program, there you are, you're magnetizing it that way through your people and then your paid advertising. So paid advertising, AKA your recruitment marketing, uh, you are using that in the form of what Google display ads, uh, out of home, uh, billboards and advertising, Facebook ads, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, it's getting it out there, right? You want you want to capture attention, so you want to magnetize them. I want to find those passive job seekers with everything that we've put together with the other three steps, and then hey, uh, you know, sell them on what you know we offer to them, bring them in, and there you go. That's that's pretty much how the uh, team concept works. It's um, funny for me in a way when you when you mentioned employee advocacy, and because I was I was mentioning TikTok because. Recently, I, I was speaking to someone in a company here in Berlin who mm-hmm. said they are getting so many um, CVs and so many applications from tech developers who are watching videos of their employees on TikTok. Yeah. I was like, what? Wow, this is amazing. This is just impressive. And it's zero costs at all in the end. I mean, it just it costs time. It costs time. And um you know, you just got to find the people who are creative to do it, right? Because I think what what we get lost in in this space is, okay, if I had budget, let me go get uh, the highest end technology. But okay, yeah. w- once you once you spend that uh, 60, 70,000 euro, a thousand euros on that, mm-hmm. who, who's going to be in the video? Like you, you have a 12, you know, in most cases you have a 12 to 24 month contract but then you're putting requests out there. Are, are they going to be in your videos? If not, if you like, if you spend that much, you come back with two videos. I think it's going to be a little tough to have that conversation with leadership. But uh, as you mentioned, something as simple as TikTok, or as simple as a as a post that you know someone is putting out there on their own using the mm-hmm. stuff that you taught them on the other platforms, that goes a long way. And you know what? It's free. Exactly. And some people are, are just natural born talents when it comes to TikTok. I'm, I'm not there, I'm not really following it, but some people are really good at it. And I think- Oh, yeah. some people are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Meant to. True, <laughs> to true. Be there. 
and to put TikTok content out there. Alex, okay. this is really, really nice. I'm really enjoying our discussion, especially after, uh, after the crazy week that I've been having. I'm going to go to my last question now. Sure. Which is, if you'd like a little more on the theoretical side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I came across this week on a... On a, I came across a very nice LinkedIn post by um, Leonie Marshall, who works at Ernst & Young. I think she's um, in the talent acquisition department. I, I really don't remember, but her post was really, really amazing. And, and Leonie speaks about how motivational theory can aid the understanding and the application of employer branding in an organization. And I'm just going to quote part of this post. Yeah. The best starting point in developing an internal, an intentional, sorry, EVP, is to develop an excellent knowledge of the key motivators of the talent the organization wishes to attract and retain. What do you think? Agree or disagree? Um, I, I agree with that. If everything works out, because um, you know, I appreciate you. I, I had came across that, read a bit of that, and then you know, we we share some dialogue about that. I mean, you do need to look at the key motivators, right? Because I would say before you had some EVPs that were out there and the taglines they established where they got demolished right during the uh, during the pandemic, right? Because they were they weren't useful anymore. They they weren't anything that were would uh, you know motivate people and bring them in. Uh, because what some of the people you know keys motivators is okay. If I can you help me grow? Can you help me? work on challenging projects. Those are things that motivate individual, individuals yeah. to uh, to join your company. And now all the focus is there because people have had the time to, uh, to you know, either sit at home by, by force, by, you know, uh, yeah. uh, by lockdowns Absolutely. and they, they have to reprioritize. But um, so I agree with this, but I think what has to happen though too, along with having the key motiva- motivators inside of your EVP, it's the company values also have to support what you're doing, right? Because if you're focusing on the key motivators, which is good, and then they get in the door and they realize, okay, hey, you sold me on this, and I can, you know, like for us at GoDaddy, we say you belong here. If you, if I say you belong here, you join GoDaddy, and then all of a sudden you find out, hey, that the values actually don't add up to that. Like I was, uh, I was uh, sold on a lie. I come in, and you know, I wasn't able to do anything. Then it all kind of fails. But I think this. In an ideal situation, this is what would, what you you would want to do. I think this is this is an excellent point, and it reminds me of something I was talking about today with a very good friend of mine who's managing a software development company of about 150 people based in Romania, mm-hmm. and we were talking about values. Just how how do you create values that can be reflected within all areas of the company? And he goes ahead and he tells me, "Listen to this. We use values." for evaluating people. Whenever we have the performance evaluation, of course, we look at the technical aspects all the time, but we also look at the values and how that person fits the values. And if they don't, during that evaluation, we're gonna establish that, okay, there won't be any raise or maybe they don't belong in the company anymore. So I said, hmm, you know, it, it really got me thinking, this is very, very useful. And it's actually, yeah, it's a no brainer in the end. It is. And if you look at it, right, uh, I mean, some people may disagree with that, but I mean, you you have a lot of companies that when they give reviews, as you mentioned, there's nothing like they just, they'll ask your goals. Um, You know, what what are you looking to do in five years or something or down the road? doesn't give them a a clear direction. But if you do push that back, as you mentioned, back to uh, your values, 
then okay hey that's um do, do they fit the culture that the people like because you know if everyone's like hey we like to um I, i'm not gonna say we're, we're a family people have been tearing that up that line up on uh <laughs> on linkedin because yeah, your, your family doesn't fire you but um um but you know if you say hey you know we uh you know we we work together or you know some of those different cliche lines that are out there um mm -hmm. if that's if that's really a pillar of you know your your values and someone doesn't align with that then like it's true why why are they there or if they're if they're not gonna i wouldn't say fall in line but you know at, try to do their best to uh to, yeah. to work together with everyone and you know at least establish those values i'm not saying you have to like change yourself but if the you know if the goal of the company is hey we we you know we support uh and i'm trying to at a loss of words here but i'm trying you know if they're like community first right or yeah um yeah. if they you know say have a local heart local impact or something along those lines and that person's not following that then yeah, yeah. it's i think both both parties have to reevaluate what they're doing then mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I, I suppose at the same time you need to make them as actionable or write them as actionably as operationally as possible in the end so that you know what to evaluate eventually and what to look for as a person because sometimes i feel that they they remain so vague and so inapplicable it's just it's ridiculous sometimes honestly oh yes yes i agree it's like okay well what am i okay we're just gonna meet for an hour you're gonna tell me what i'm doing well i'll tell you what i'm doing you'll tell me what i'm doing what i'm not doing great job move on like you gotta have something to strive for exactly exactly Cool, Alex, this has this is it. This has been it. <laughs> this has been our episode. I enjoyed talking to you. I I mean, I thought I would get, uh, I was expecting to get a lot of useful insights from someone with so much experience as you. Thank you so much for doing this. No and um, good luck with uh, everything you do at GoDaddy and not only. All right, thank you, appreciate it.